Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Evergreen Pod series rolls on. We are tackling a new topic today that I've been looking forward to since we decided to do this. Uh, came up a little bit on our late, latest uh, very, very fun and entertaining podcast with Sports Cheetah. Uh, today we're going to get into learning to lose. Uh, you know anything about that, Andy? It doesn't seem like it. Oh, <laughs> it seems that, it's funny when, when you get hot or cold. Freaking hot. This yeah. is, <clears throat> and this is maybe the biggest takeaway of the entire podcast. Like when you, cause I had a bad week, I had a real bad week and I don't even want to go back and look at what the actual record was that week, but it was like three weeks ago. And I mean, in my head and I've bet 500 of these college games. Now I'm showing a solid Z score. I'm showing great CLV. I'm winning against widely available numbers now. And still I'm like, my edge is gone. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> in like, that week you are that week yeah that week it's like i'm like do i even do this anymore like I, i'm up like 15 units for the year should it's I february just, the numbers are sharp yeah. why am i doing this yeah yeah in my head it's like i can't remember the last time i had a winning day i just went like <laughs> one and four on a day like uh, everything's everything's broken maybe i should scrap this model and then you know when you're having a winning week like i'm having a nice week this week it's like i don't i don't know why i'm not betting more like what? Why am I just putting my house on every play? Like it doesn't matter how far along you get in this. If you think you're experienced or you think you can overcome some of the psychology, it's always in the back of your head, and it it sucks because you're you're fighting against yourself. Yeah, which is your. I mean that that is uh, that is one of the many things that you are fighting against as a sports better. <laughs> you're fighting against, uh, you know, a, a multitude of, uh, of you know, your attack surfaces are variant are, are, are variable. And, uh, one of them is in your own head and it is, uh, it's always something that takes, I don't know, a lot of time in my opinion to, you know, really kind of master the, um, you know, the ability to let a loss go, uh, whether it be a bad loss that, makes you question the validity of your process or whether it be, you know, a, a close call, which, you know, you, you just look at the, you know, look at certain plays, look at certain, um, you know, you know, penalties, look at the way coach made a couple decisions, look at the way, you know, the fumble bounced into the guy's hands. And he ran it back for a touchdown, like little things like that. You start to think like, man, like, you know, this is uh, this just isn't fair. This isn't right. I had the right side. And, and uh, you know, it's just, it just kind of all boils back to, you know, we are, uh, we are, in, we are in the overall endeavor that we are in take that we are um, embarking on here is trying to uh, suss out small edges in you know highly liquid markets that uh, you know a lot of times the results are um, you know that a lot of times the numbers are good a lot of times the number is sharp and the result itself is based on. Uh, you know, the small bounces, the luck, the variance, you know, how, however you want to define it. And I think it's, you know, the, it's important to recognize that, you know, losing 10 plays in a row or winning 10 plays in a row uh, is a small drop in the bucket relative to the overall, uh, you know, the overall performance of, of system, of a model, of a, of a process. 
and uh, learning to lose, learning to win. And, you know, we'll get into both of those concepts and talk about some strategies, tell some stories about our background uh, on this podcast today. But uh, it's, it's, you know, this is a one important stuff to keep in mind, uh, especially if you're relatively new to this, because I mean, I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess I'll go back in time and tell a story about, yeah, start you with know, your, um, this yeah, is good. Uh, yeah. we're, we're going to tell a bunch of stories because it's the best way to illustrate some of this. Yeah. Let's go back in time to, uh, you know, 20, I think this was probably 2012. I probably, so eight years ago for me, uh, fall, uh, I see the sports book, you know, the offshore sports book space is gaining some stability. I'm like, Oh, cool. Like you can just deposit money off your credit card. And like these places like are legit. These websites look like they are real. Did, like, did you ever have a local to start? I'm going to stop you. No, quick. like, no, never did. I, I want to say we were on the same page and a lot of people won't have the same experience. We both started completely into the offshores. Like that was our first yeah. experience, both of us. And that might not be the same as everybody, but yeah, same thing. It's like, Oh, I can just use my debit card and put money on here and play. Yeah, I know football. I watch football all the time. Yeah, no, the first bet I ever made was back in 2000. And I had a guy who I was a sophomore in college. I had a guy who was two years older than me, who was a senior. Uh, and he, you know, we were playing darts and he was like, dude, the, you know, the books, they just, they don't know how to price this Long Beach State basketball team. They're so much better. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And he's like, yeah, this Long Beach State, like they're plus three against Pepperdine. Like they're going to win. And I was like, oh man, like this guy's got a hot lead. Like this is free money. Like how do I bet this? And he's like, I don't know. I just bet at sportsbook.com. And so, yeah, you go online, the debit card, you put a hundred bucks on. And I was like, okay, hundred bucks on Long Beach State to beat Pepperdine. They win. And basically the rest was history. I was like, oh, now, you know, now I'm in on this and, uh, you know, I'm going to get down on this. And, you know, first ever check I got out of, uh, I, I think that I had some, I had a lucky run that like winter uh, took some money out, paid for, um, you know, spring break with it. And then I was like, this is easy. I can do this forever. I'm going to make some spare cash on the side. No problem. Uh, and, uh, that was actually not true at all. That was the only deposit. I, I mean, the only withdrawal that I made from my sports book account <laughs> until I stopped betting there altogether, yeah. which was in probably 2006. So <laughs> there was a good five year span where I only, it was a one way, uh, one way street in terms of depositing money into the sportsbook.com account. Uh, and Boy, you know, I don't, funny, I don't like, think that's yeah. crazy. We're like the, we're, we're similar in age. You're older, obviously older, sure. wiser age before beauty, but like probably right around the same time we were doing this exact same thing, miles, miles apart, because it was the same thing. Like I, I did. Okay. 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 And then I hit one like big parlay. I took, <laughs> I took money. Yeah. I took, I took some of it out. And again, that was the only withdrawal I made, you know, prior to like 2010, like in oh, that sure. entire, in that entire decade. I, the sports book check that I got, it looked like it came from some, it came from a, it came from China somehow. It was written in, it was written in a foreign language and it looked extremely suspect. It had been like backed over with like a car. Like they had intentionally made, um, uh, like tire marks on it <laughs> and, and and so it looked like extremely fake and i was very very scared walking into the student union bank to like cash that thing because it looked like i had absolutely 
you know, it was, it looked like pure fraud. Um, but they took it. They didn't call me back. The FBI never came. And, you know, I got to go on spring break. It was fun. Um, but yeah, that was it. That was it. How After long did that, that check take falling. to get there? Uh, three weeks, probably. I remember my, my, my first one of mine was like, it'll get there in like six to eight weeks. And then while you're waiting for it, your balance doesn't change. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh, though my balance will go, f- you know, down whatever it was. I think it took like a thousand bucks. Yeah. I'm like, I remember oh, my, I'm like, my balance didn't change. Did they screw up? I'm like, <laughs> Oh, you can bet this. Cause then basically I, I dug into it. It's like, if you go below what you wanted to withdraw, the withdrawal just cancels. Like they, they're fully ready to write that check. They oh, could have sure. that check there that day. Like that day. I, I think even though, you know, I didn't learn enough about sports betting, I learned a little bit about sports books that day. Like, oh, this yeah. is a scam. Like, they're going to try to get me to lose this money. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, the, it took, I, I can remember exactly now, because it was right after the Super Bowl, I cashed out, which was about been early February. I needed the money for, you know, second week of March to pay for spring break. And uh, I think I got it like with a week to spare. So I probably got it around early March. So I guess it took about a month to get it. And like I said, it was it, this, the experience itself was so unsettling that that <laughs> alone discouraged me from making withdrawals when I did have kind of medium winning, you know, over the course of the next you know couple of years. And as a result of that, like I just never withdrew. And, you know, there were some seasons where I would deposit at, uh, you know, the beginning of the season for the NFL. I would bet until my account was zero. And then I would say, well, I guess that's it for this year and you know, move on and um and and then finally like actually i started doing relatively well at a sports book called world sports exchange in like 2006 world star no wessex wsex oh, exchange.com and um it did well there but that book uh there was some massive fraud that went on uh and uh, that that book went up in smoke and i lost a i don't know maybe like a grand or something like that never saw it again um and so at that point i was like well sports betting is stupid like this is there's no point <laughs> like there's like i'm out like i didn't want to you know try to track down a bookie i didn't want to like you know keep you know finding new sports books to deposit to so i just quit and then 2012 rolled around and i was like okay wait this is like stabilized like there's actually you know like me you know books with real like interfaces and like you can put your you know you can put get money in and out with a credit card like this is legit now um and for sure so i was like okay well let's give it a try throw 500 dollars on let's bet the nfl 50 dollars a play let's put 50 dollars a play on these nfl sites just take it okay nice and Cu- easy. couple couple teasers couple parlays oh what do you know like a, a couple winning weeks here couple winning weeks here you got uh you know at 50 50 a pop you win 10 units over the course of say five six weeks that's looking pretty good that account balance was 500 now it's a thousand right you're like oh i just doubled my money like oh, can you imagine if i had had like if i'd started with five thousand i'd have I'd have ten thousand oh, now god right those kind of thoughts absolutely go through your head the kind of thoughts of, okay, well, no, maybe I wasn't lucky. Maybe I have skill at this. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I'm good at this. Like, I'm good at just, you know, picking picking sides based on, like, listening to the radio and listening to coaches talk about motivational aspects and things like that. Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm good at this. And you next thing you know, you got a 1000 bucks, and then you're like, okay, well, what, you know, should I still be betting 50 bucks? No, let's bet 100 bucks. I'll spend 200 bucks. Oh, I lost a couple of plays with 200 bucks. Okay, now I'm back down to 500. This is depressing. Right. Like, oh, my God, all of those winnings over the course of like two months gone in like one day on the, on college football. Like, this is crazy. Like, can't, you know, I'm, how am I even, mm-hmm. should I even put my, 
my rest of my bankroll back and play in the NFL tomorrow. I mean, I'm on a cold streak. <clears throat> I can't catch a break. Yeah, it, the, it does yeah. just you, you hear this story and it's a different <laughs> it's a little different from everybody, but it's just it's like building a house of cards where it's like you put all this time in, you put all this effort in, you do research, you really, you know, you're really maybe even doing it right. Even if you don't have all the knowledge you need, you're at least in the right direction and you're you're starting to put in the time and the effort and maybe you you know you're getting a little lucky, but you're winning. And you know, then you hear the story. It's like I found online blackjack on my sports <laughs> I found NBA live betting or yeah. I hit I hit an extra zero and or I just I tried to bet into NBA after the after football was over and I gave it all back like you hear like those same 10 stories over and over and over from everybody and it's not gonna say I haven't done you know like I had a really bad stretch of live betting soccer where I may have been doing some martingale system and lost, <laughs> lost like four figures on a soccer match and I mean these these things happen and yeah. you are yeah I mean if you learn from them you're better for it but yeah like th- there's a lot of things that you can you can do to screw things up I think the worst one is probably the online blackjack like don't play I used to play the craps game <laughs> oh no on, on sportsbook.ag I I made a lot of money one time and then uh, the next day I'm like I think I have a system to beat craps <laughs> And I gave that all back and then, you know, got oh, out the no. debit card and gave out like another paycheck. Oh God. You know, this is, oh, this boy. is, this is reckless young Andy where I, had, oh, uh, sure. I didn't, I didn't have sure. kids and anything, you know, it's just like, I guess I just, I won't buy as much beer this week. No, no, they don't, uh, they didn't build the Bovada casino in the desert uh, on the back of, uh, you know, winning players. That's for sure. Um, exactly. So the, the uh, yeah, I mean the the the, st- the stories are similar. Doesn't you know? I could be completely fabricating this. I'm not. Like this was really how it went. Um, and you know for sure, like you know, I I I still to this day will tell people like, yeah, I don't play college football because I can't put the time in. Like my my entire uh, bandwidth is dedicated to the NFL because that's what I care about more. And I know this because in the likes of 2012, 2013, when I was kind of getting going doing this. I would spend 90% of my time that I spent handicapping, thinking, talking about the NFL, working on that and 10% on college football. And so, and then even then I was betting into the, you know, the most watched games of the week, the most, you know, efficient markets. And I was betting on Saturday morning, like all, all real kinds of rookie mistakes left and right. And for sure, um, you know, you can do yourself a disservice if you are not, you know, kind of, if you are not betting with the process, if you're not betting with the model, if you're just betting with your gut, and if you don't really have, you know, the discipline to, you know, to find an edge and maintain that edge and bet only that edge. Um, and so this is just goes a long way to say like, yeah, it, there is a, there is a lengthy uh, kind of tuition that you end up paying, whether you like it or not in terms of learning to lose, because uh, you know, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take, more than say two, three, four, five losses in a row before you're starting to feel like, man, um, I'm going to regress to the mean positively. Eventually I might as well make that a bigger play, right? <laughs> like I might as well yeah. get it all back at once when I, when the correction comes and the correction is going to come in the second half of this game that I already bet the full game on and I'm losing my ass on it. Right? Like there for sure will be decisions made as you learn that are you know, you're making a wager that is five times as high as the original wager you made 
uh, or the you know your your baseline staking. Uh, and it's not because you have a bigger edge on that play. It's because you want to you want to reap the reward of uh, you know of you know making back what was you know what was lost. And that is you know that violates almost all of the betting math one one that we talked about too. Yeah, it's not, you know, like I joke about blackjack, but like if you had an unlimited bankroll and no limits, like a Martingale system works at blackjack. If they'd let you bet millions of dollars on a hand to make your $10 after like 15 straight losses, <laughs> like it, there's no reality where, you know, you lose, uh, I guess you could lose a hundred straight hands. That could happen. But yeah, like the betting twice as hard to get your money back. I suppose that's pretty common as far as early early on mistakes. I see that. I've done that. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not making this up. Like I wouldn't tell embarrassing shit. The math doesn't support it, though. it up. Yeah. The math like, doesn't we, we've done all this. If it's a minus E V play, you're gonna bleed out eventually. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um and so the key entire the entire key is finding plus E V plays and betting with discipline and you know it and basically turning it into you know, turning into a robot, <laughs> taking the emotion out of it. Uh, it's not easy. It's uh, it's something that I would ex- suspect even professionals in our space struggle with from time to time. Not all of them, obviously. I'm sure some professionals are laughing at this, like, no, this is that you're being stupid. Like, you're not a professional if you're succumbing to emotion. Um, but I'm an emotional was, man. <laughs> you, of course, you are. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, the key concepts to think about here. Let's talk. Let's go through them. Um, you know, let's go through them in no particular order. Uh, what's you ever been on tilt? Oh, I've been on tilt. How would you like describe that's, it? That's I can, I'm still thinking about playing craps, like where it's like, all right, we're just going twice as much on the pass line, we're going after it, like I can't keep losing. But yeah, tilt. I mean, you just uh, maybe the most common tilt is after a loss, you may actually have not deserved, like if you get a really bad beat. And it's probably like you made the right play. You know, everybody knows. The world knows, and it's quite clear you made the right play, and you still lost. That can be mentally jarring, absolutely mentally jarring. And, you know, if it's if that's something you're going to let affect you, you, you might need to just realize that and start taking steps back when you have losses. Like, just say, I, I can't think straight. I'm done betting for the day. Because some of the worst betting you'll do, especially if you start just looking for, like, I didn't deserve that. I should have that money. I'm going to make that money back right now. I'm going to make bets, <laughs> you know, just based on that. When you, anytime you say like, I need to find a bet to make, or like, I need a parlay partner for this. I need to go hunt something <laughs> oh, down. Like, great call. You shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't have to go like, if you need to find a bet, then you, I mean, you just have a gambling problem. Hey, that's that's actually a whole different topic. Which that's a probably, whole different podcast. That's yeah. a whole different podcast. But like, yeah, if you ever say that, like, you get in a bad mood because of a loss or anything like that, that throws you on tilt, and you say like, I need to go find a game to get that back. That is almost never going to be a plus EV play. Like ever, ever, ever. That's going to sure. be something that you are doing out of, you know just anger i suppose so yeah being on tilt i mean it's it's more of a poker term too and it's the same oh, way where sure. you play well, all of a sudden you know you can be a really smart player math wise and you just start playing loose and sloppy because you, you ended up getting rivered on some card that you know the guy had one out you had you know almost the nuts and you get screwed that that sucks it's gonna screw you up mentally so yeah. every every one of these is like you can't stop yourself from being mad at a bad beat 
you can't, you know, we're not trying to teach you to be some Shaolin monk that can't, <laughs> you know, can't be, can't be shaken by this stuff. I'm shaken by this stuff. You know how many yeah, times sure. I've had, I've had a team foul, like with 10 seconds left down by like 10. Like, that sucks. That, that screws with your head. Cause you know, it's like, man, they were covering the whole game and then they just screw it up at the end. Mm. They can't make a three. They're falling, falling, falling. Every free throw drops. It's just bad luck. But you just got to, like like last night, you got to just remember it, it usually comes out in the wash if you make enough plays. Yeah. I had, I, had a, I had a game I shouldn't have won last night. For sure. No business covering. And those are, I, must, I need to just start writing those down and remembering them so I can go back and look. Be like, yeah, it's, it, you know, you take the good, you take your bad, you take it all, and there you have. That's the facts of life. Theme song. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, wait, wait, where are you going with this? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to sing the facts of life theme song. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it does been, even it, out. It evens out, been, man. It's been a while for you, though, right? When was the last time you were on tilt? Oh, man. Incarnate Word a couple weeks ago. Really? Like, legitimately. They were. You, they they had, put you on tilt? I'm a little bit. Did you, you make bad? You made like you made bad no, decisions. I never make bad decisions. In, in, yeah, that's what that's what I'm well, saying. Well, maybe I mean like, like in the wake betting. in the wake of that outcome, you were making bad decisions about betting. You left I, you left games on the table that you should have bet. You bet games you shouldn't have bet. I don't believe so. I have found other ways. I made some bad decisions on the amount of banana bread I ate that night. <laughs> like that, you know, you, nobody's, nobody's perfect. Like uh, too many, a little too much caloric intake probably that day, but I will take that any day over making yeah. a bunch of bad bets and watching some profits go down the, down the oh drain. I mean, there's a saying, throwing good money after bad food. I love banana bread so yeah. much. And she just made some. And I don't think overeating banana just, bread is that minus TV. No, I just rage ate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what about you? Can you think of one during the NFL? Or even oh, I mean, the NBA? How about the, overtime uh, game, the overtime game in the NBA. Well, see, the, yeah. there. I mean, the um, God. I can remember times where I've been emotionally Im- affected by outcomes for sure. Short term, long term, medium term, you know, runs, poor runs. I can definitely remember being emotionally impacted, but it mostly manifests in just me being an asshole around my friends and family, which is terrible. Like it, it hasn't ever, I, it's been a long time since uh, I really were, was impacted in terms of my decision making, I think, uh, from being on tilt uh, relative to losing. Um, yeah, I, I would I have to go back to probably good, like a, it's it's been probably three or four years I think since I would really say oh my god that was a guy that was on tilt and that speaks to where you know you need to get as a better if you do want to take it serious you can't be letting it happen like you said you, you might be owly to your friends or you might eat a bunch of baked goods but you know <laughs> it's your I mean we're we're human beings. We're going to get emotional sure. over things, but sure. if you want to take this part of part of your, you know, hobby rec plus, whatever you're doing, if you want to be serious about it, you can't let it affect that. Yeah. Right. Find you, another outlet. You, uh, if you need to go, go work out, yeah. go have a drink. Don't, don't jump right back into, I need to handicap some games right now to get that money back. Like that's yeah. absolute worst case scenario. Yeah. Great way to get great way to completely wipe out any advantage you have as a sports better is to make a minus one into a minus 10. 
And that is really the entire kind of philosophy here around avoiding tilt. And it's just, you know, literally, literally like know it when it's, you know, know the, know the signs, learn the signs and uh, specifically step away from making poor, more poor decision. You know, just, just don't make, you know, don't compound the problem basically. Um, and uh, yeah, good money after bad. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, I think, it, I think this, I think this one is one that people can generally get over. Oh, it, it just takes some practice. Yeah. And, it, and just like you said, like the money in your bankroll, that's not wagered. That's safe. Yeah. You, you know, losing a play, the only way that that play is worth more than you bet on it is if you make a stupid play afterwards. Cause you're angry. Yeah. Like it's, it's still just, it's still just one loss. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, a bad beat, a moose that can put you in this headspace. Um, you had a you had a great future. You choose you chose not to hedge it, uh, and you know that can put you in this headspace. That's rough. Um, you know there there are a lot of you know there are a lot of attack surfaces here uh, that you'll have to kind of be prepared for. Um, but you know I think you can get there. I don't think this is special. You know this this will distinguish the the lifetime losers from people who can kind of find their footing. Really, um, let's talk about chasing. I think this is a little different than being on tilt. It is. I was going to say they're the same, but no, I I mean, explain it because I think you're right. I'm chasing my, I, I wiped out, um, three months of winning in one game, uh, (laughs) hitting, hitting, uh, hitting it live. Uh, I had an angle, an edge that I thought I was right on an under in the NBA. I was sure. It was the playoffs. It was four four years ago, and I was like, "This game is coming in under." It was. I was so so sure, and this wasn't on the basis of uh, I had you know an actual you know this wasn't like all of the epistemic uncertainty was you know was was uh, un- well understood. There you know this wasn't you know the um, uh, uh, there it wasn't a case of I knew all the information that there was to know. And, uh, but I thought I did. And I thought a high scoring first quarter was variance and this is going to come back down. And the number's even better now than it was when I bet it in the first place. And I know I'm right. So let's put more on the under and okay. The second quarter starts. Whoa. They just made three straight threes in a minute 30. Like, this is, you know, like they can't, this can't, this hot, hot shooting can't keep going. I'm going to get another bet down on the under, right? And, you know, the total keeps going up. I keep, you know, loading up on the under. And before you know it, I'm like, oh my God, like if this doesn't slow down, now I have created a situation where I am totally over leveraged. I have put, uh, you know, put my entire, uh, you know, winnings here over three months uh, at risk on a, on one play with no, you know, and, and I thought I had an edge, but I clearly didn't. And, you know, here now I have to just sit and cross my fingers that, uh, you know, s- somebody gets hurt <laughs> or something like this is, this is, you know, I'm screwed. Um, and I would define that more as chasing than being on tilt. Is that fair? Oh, you're muted. Oh, sorry. I had to unmute there. No worries. I, I had to uh, cough. But anyway, <clears throat> chasing is maybe a symptom of being on tilt. And maybe it's the worst symptom. It's the worst case scenario. Or it, maybe not being on tilt, but th- overestimating your edge, 
thinking you're right and what you're seeing in front of your eyes is wrong. Like you, I mean, your example is perfect. You like, no, this, this isn't going to keep up. There's no way this keeps up. And at, at that point you have to think like, all right, I believe I had an edge. I still believe I have an edge, but in what world would I previously to the game bet five, six, 10 units on a game? I don't do that, but here I am live betting and I've done it. Like that's yep. the problem with it. You've you've gone way too high on the staking when you chase. Even if you still believe it's it's a good play, if you believe it's a good play, ride it out. Like yep. over over staking. Not, not to say that you shouldn't. You can't add to a play. I've done yeah. it. I've for you, sure. I've done it. Yeah, like for sure. I had an under. I had an under in a football game. Opening kickoff got returned, and the total. Like I didn't think it'd jump as much as it did. I'm like that's. It shouldn't have gone up like that. I'm gonna take some more. Hey, a great. I, hey, I didn't feel bad about it. A younger, a younger me, um, watching uh, Texans Chiefs oh, in the God. playoffs, sees those fluky <laughs> yep. ter- touchdowns in the first quarter, and is like, "Now nah, this is still going under. Now nah, this is still going under." Eighty-two points later. Eighty-two points later. <laughs> every single over ticket that you could have placed on that game, any time you could have placed it, would have cashed. <laughs> And yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that. And uh, you know, we, we watching it live. Uh, we were DMing each other, and I was like, no, "Oh no, this is fucked! Like, it's just fucked! Like, the the you know, the lid is off this one. Um, you know, the game state is changed. Felt bad for you, yeah. I was like, it's we don't not, we it's, don't have it's, disagreements it's, it's, that often, yeah. like hard <laughs> disagreement. That was probably our biggest disagreement all year. So, want to know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Want to know for Andy? And actually, I think <laughs> we had one earlier in the year that you nipped me on. It was like a side, but I don't think we both bet it. I think maybe you actually talked me out of it, but we did disagree on that. So I tried not to be too much of a smug asshole, but yeah, like I, it I mean, was, and to, in my opinion, and to be fair. Still- We'll talk. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about maybe maybe that's a really good game for box uh, box score deep dive box score autopsy. Oh because yeah, be- while I still believe that game should have gone over, I'm not 100 percent sure I believe it should have gone over in the first half because it was over <laughs> at halftime. I don't think there yeah, should have yeah. been any like just the fluky plays at the beginning. I think if those fluky plays would have been reversed and Kansas City was up 24 nothing, that game lands at like 55. Yeah, like I the fact the fact that everything landed to a team that wasn't supposed to score that many points right away—it's like, oh man, now yeah. now they're going to have to unleash the Mahomes beast, and this game's going over so quickly. Yeah, like the, yeah. a game script can go off kilter, and like you said, a younger a younger Drew might have gotten stupid, might have uh, gotten a little headstrong, pig-headed, yeah. Yeah. stubborn, and just kept hammering on it, and lost a bunch more. And sometimes you just got to accept, like, even if I'm a really good handicapper. I'm going to be wrong a lot. A oh, lot yeah. of times I'll be wrong, and I don't need to compound that by being stubborn as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, there the uh, the key I think, at least in dealing with this, isn't just like not. It isn't just stop betting on the the side that you think was right. It is literally like update your update your uh, you know Bayesian update. You have new information. You have new information that you absolutely have to feed into this system. And in that case, it was uh, it was pretty clear because it was the Texans that were the beneficiaries of those early fluky touchdowns. Like this now creates a scenario where 
Kansas City is going to have to be more aggressive, and that unlocks their true potential. Yeah. It was an absolute nightmare situation for an underpitter. Um, and, but it, if you were kind of thinking clearly, if you hadn't dumped, you know, fifty uh, units on uh, on the Ravens the night prior, you could have loaded loaded up on Kansas City because if you were doing proper Bayesian inference or you know, updating, then you know that would have told you that this you know this game scenario sets up well for a game state that plays into Kansas City offense's strength. Houston Texans defense's weakness. Yep. And lo and behold, Kansas City gets the 51 points in that game. And you know, so so I do think that it, that basically the the key is that it wasn't variance. You couldn't you can't just look at it and be like, "Oh, well this is fluky variance. It's going to regress to the mean." I think you absolutely have to kind of do an informed updating of, you know, what you what, you know, what you're seeing, what you think can happen. And you know, it's you know, it's it's a uh, it's a fine distinction, I guess, ch- between chasing and tilting. I don't know if it's worth really <laughs> separating the two. Um, but yeah, I think uh, chase, chase is, chasing is just like I said, uh, maybe a symptom. Like the problem is tilt, and it's the result of a problem. Uh, yeah, something, right. Somebody else said it's not a problem; it's a result of a problem. Yeah, but you could be. It could be more. It could be. A, it could be something like, um, "Hey, the uh, I've, I'm convinced that the Raptors are going to regress uh, in the second half of the season once kind of the glow of the championship wears off." Uh, oh, they've won four in a row here. Uh, they've covered the spread at four. You know, they won four in a row. The Raptors are going to lose tonight. Oh, they they won again. Yeah. Okay. Well, now they're, then they're going to lose tonight. Then. Oh, they won again. Okay. Well, now not, tonight's the night they're going to lose. Oh, they won again, right? Like it's literally you're standing at the roulette table, you're looking at the string of blacks, and you're like, it can't possibly be black again. When in reality, like you know, I wish there were a good example of that. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Do, you, do you, I mean? Do you want to tick tick into variance then? Yeah, go for it. I mean that variance. It comes for every man. That's all I have to say about it. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get hit. It's like, when it's just like you said, you can make a lot of smart plays, and you can lose a lot of those plays. Like it's just, it's just gonna happen. You know, like you, you like we said at the beginning with the a game I shouldn't have won. You're gonna have some games you shouldn't win that you win. You should. You can have some bad plays that you don't win. You're gonna have good plays that lose. It's just. There's a lot of variance. All you can do, man, you have no control. And if you want to take live betting out of the equation, you have zero control once the game starts. You can't, you know, you can't do much. It's it's a it's a game that's being played thousands of miles away, probably. What are you gonna do? All you can do is make a handicap, shop some pricing, do some comparisons, get the best number you can possibly get, and then the rest is in the Lord's hands. There's, you know, sometimes, I mean, literally, I've bet on, I've bet on Little League. Like, what do you expect? You were betting on 12-year-old kids. College basketball, we're betting on 18-year-old kids. They're in some of my schools. Like, these are kids that couldn't even get into, like, a Mac school. You know, they're, they're like, two (laughs) levels below, like, mid-major. You know, they're just, they're just playing basketball because they love playing basketball. Your communications... A communications, yeah. communications major. major. <laughs> a guy down yeah, I mean it just <laughs> I mean there's a lot of you you can you can take all the factors in the world and I mean some shit happens. Basically variance of shit happens because it will happen and there's nothing you can do once the game tips off. 
Yep. You just got to, uh, you know, run it back. Again, we'll talk about box score autopsies, but run it back, look at it, decide what what happened. Was it variance? Was it was it something wrong with your numbers? Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's hard to discern the two, but you do the best you can and just don't let it affect you all that much. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if it's not that? What happens if it's not variance? What happens if you're losing your edge? <laughs> what happens um, if you're what happens if your edge, you you just had kind of one principal differentiating factor that you were using to sort out which teams had a better likelihood of covering a given, you know, the market, uh, you know, market informed spread. And uh, you hit it for a, a week, a month, a season. And you think it's, you know, it's good to go. We're going to hammer this again this next season. Works for a month and then just goes tits up. Boy, you're, you're it's like, I mean, it's like you're describing a tiny closet to a claustrophobe. <laughs> like you are freaking, you're freaking me out right now. Oh my God. I don't need this in my life. That podcast is over. I need to go lay down. I need a safe space because that's, I think that's every better's nightmare. It's just because that's the, the impossible. It's, it's an unanswerable question. Like, how do you really know? How do you discern exactly when your edge was no longer edge? I don't even know if you can go back and look. Because of variance, you won't be able to go back and look and find like the exact moment that your edge was completely sussed out by the market and it wasn't there anymore. And that that sucks. That does suck. And it's something you need to worry about every day. And it's it's why you need to continue back test, forward test, run things back, look at things, realize like Maybe, you know, adjustment here, adjustment there. It's why edges from five years ago don't work anymore. You know, yeah. it, it's like the hot stock tip. You tell, oh, man, it's the beginning of lucky number 11 with the horse, the horse tip. There's nothing more than people love to be the guy that has the horse tip, the stock tip, the yeah. sports betting tip. So you tell one person about an edge or in our case, a bunch of people, if we mention anything <laughs> on a podcast, I mean, you know, Larry tells Mary and Mary tells Susie and all of a sudden the whole market knows about a certain edge and it's going to disappear. And I mean, that's how some of these, these real narrative based ones that actually kind of were edges will go away. And I don't know, they have, I can't get that song out of my head. Do you guys have LCD sound system in California? Absolutely. Love them losing my edge i've had that song in my head, had song in my head all week but I, I mean, well it's been good karma for you so keep yeah. singing it your um, thoughts i mean your thoughts on determining yeah, and then no, doing I think, something with it I, I mean i think let's go back to the uh the example that we brought up uh a little bit with cheetah which was the um back-to-back home field advantage um i mean sorry excuse me back-to-back uh um road games early in the season in the NFL. Like that was a strong signal. There was a pretty sound thesis that was accompanying that. That was a pretty tried and true angle for about five years. Um, this year, the, you know, you, you could reasonably expect to get closing line value on it week two. And of course that the market moved in the direction of all, uh, of all four home teams, I believe, week two. Like there was closing line value across the board. The market, you know, was keen on it, I would say. And uh, it was completely and totally 
undiscernible um, when you break down the actual game performance. You look into and you know and and if you didn't, you know if you just like shrug your shoulders and say, ah, well, you know, four games is a small sample size. Let's keep hitting it, right? Then you would have gotten into some serious trouble because week three, week four, week five. I think it was probably. I didn't keep detailed track of it because I completely stepped away from playing this as an, as a betting angle. Um, but I don't think it had a very positive week until like at least halfway through the season, if it ever had, did at all, because you know, the standard three points that was built in for home field advantage for the first half of the season really didn't manifest. They were gone. And they were gone. Uh, and you know, there could be lots of, you know, there's an entire podcast we could dedicate to, you know, you know, dynamic, changes and you know the way the game is played and how to capture that but the reality was there were some key indicators that i looked at in terms of team performance that i could tell that what was going on was kind of consistent with the thesis okay okay block you know run blocking grades for the road team first half versus second half performance in terms of uh certain uh, you know, certain offensive and defensive statistics. Like there was a pretty clear signal that you, that if it was, if it was true, if it was clicking, you could see it in the actual team performance. And for whatever reason this year, in those first four games, it wasn't there. And at that point, I think you had to know that the edge was gone. I think you had to know two things. Number one, like, yeah, like as a differentiating factor, it wasn't working. And on top of that, seeing the market move in the direction of those, you know, home teams consistently, yeah, it's already accounted for. It's already in there. So you know, the market knows about this sort of stuff. Um, and so I think just between like you know having some key characteristics that that are not the like okay, so you build a model, you you base your projection on four variables, right? But there's hundred variables associated with any game. A million. Okay? A million. You can do a detailed analysis and say, hey, these four that I'm using to project here, what are some other variables that are correlated with, you know, these four variables? What are some, you know, where are some correlations here? What are in this in this subset of games that I've identified as uh, as good bets, you know, like what are the correlating, you know, characteristics here? Like NBA, like is it three-point shot? Is it uh, you know, offensive rebounding, like hustle stats, right? Like you can you can specifically circle a handful of um, kind of ancillary statistics and use those as a tool, in my opinion, to tell you whether whatever angle you're betting, whatever uh, kind of key fundamental thesis you're, you've weaved into your handicap is still there or it's accounted for by the market or it's, you know, it's, it's a differentiating factor anymore. Um, and that sh it should be doable. And I mean, as far as, you know, the market catching up to you, like this is maybe the most complicated part because obviously like, if you are, if you have a, you know, if you have a very solid set of market reflecting power numbers and you start to see that there is two points of fat on the side you want consistently and it, and you look at your market, market-based power numbers and that is consistent, you know, like, oh man, every side I want to bet, if I just go based on like kind of average power numbers is two points fat, like, guess what? It's whatever you are playing is baked in. You're muted again. <laughs> I just keep muting it. That's my bad. Um, that that's maybe one of the biggest parts is like 
tricking yourself. I'm trying to think of the exact wording I want to use for like, like letting yourself think that the edge is still there when you can see like ignoring, ignoring the numbers, be like, Oh, you know, maybe it's still there. It's still there for sure. And, and it's not like you can see it's slowly drifted towards your, the fat, like you said, the fat is on your side of the numbers. It's slowly drifting that way. And I think realizing when it's time to give up is it's almost like winning bets. Like that's winning bets because leaving a loser off is worth 1.1 compared to, you know, uh, putting a winner on or leaving a winner off is, or putting a, boy, I muddled that up bad, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Leaving, leaving a winner off is only worth one unit. Whereas not putting a loser onto your ticket, onto your card is worth 1.1. Yeah, like, point. always, always err on that side. I think, and I mean, that's just where I lean. Like, if you if you think the numbers are starting to lean that way, you definitely need to maybe do a little digging and think. You know, not not every edge lasts forever. It's it's how it's going to go. Like, I don't think any every, edge does. Every last every edge will every edge will go away eventually. That's just life. So deal with it. Yeah, you got to go find a new one. Have that mindset. Then you don't have to be worried about uh, you don't have to be the claustrophobic uh, fellow in a closet here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just be be prepared, be dynamic, be on you know be be prepared to pivot from uh, you know what you're currently using to the next thing. Um, and you know if you develop that as a skill, then uh, you know. Well, yeah. Then always always be working on the next thing. Like plan on plan on needing that next thing. Like plan, plan on needing a new edge soon. Or I mean, also what's better than an edge, two edges, like yeah. having, having a second one's even better. So if, if you plan, if you plan ahead and you're already working on something new, mm-hmm. it's not going to feel as bad when the first one goes away. Hey, can I ask you, um, maybe you haven't even thought of this. I'm just, guys, this, this is a raw, this is a raw reaction that I'll get here. We haven't talked about this at all. And like all, and we know, even though we talk about NFL for like 500 hours in the year 2019. <laughs> I think I don't think we talked about this once. Um, I feel like you didn't play any long teasers really down the stretch this year. You I, just kind of gave, you just kind of backed off of it. Was that a conscious decision or you felt like that in general, like there was something that was different and the edge wasn't the what it used to be in a long teaser? It felt like there wasn't as many opportunities. Because while I I didn't play them blindly, if I'd have played them blindly, I would have been, you know, betting a lot more of them over the past two years. Where, you know, this year it'd be like, man, there's one good leg, and if I wanted to use that one good leg, and do an open one, then I'd have to do it at a book that allowed me open legs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, without naming names, that book didn't. It wasn't a Wong teaser at that point. <laughs> you know, it was it was it would be an adjusted line where I couldn't do an open an open wong and you know in in that reasoning it's like if i don't have a second leg i'm not going to force it it goes back to exactly what i said like if you can have a very plus ev wong teaser leg that might cash if you don't have a second leg you don't win that's how it works you got to get them both (laughs) so i think there was probably five weeks where i had a very strong wong teaser and i just didn't have a partner for it and I did, you know, I, I, there is one other book that will let me open to open, but they charge like minus one thirty, and mm. I, I don't think the the extra juices were the squeeze on the edges of that size. So, so it really was just opportunity because yep. I, as I absolutely, 
and, I, and part of the opportunity were you were you being especially picky though on on what you were because like like you say opportunity but like there were definitely weeks where they were there where they were there i feel like yeah and you didn't you still weren't like but but it was like ah well this dog you know this is you know the home dog or home road you know whatever you know home road dog favorite uh you know total high too low whatever the case was like just didn't meet your criteria yeah i mean that that did happen too and honestly there were times where i'd have to look there were like two or three times where I mean, I just straight up bet the team. Yeah. And I said, right. I mean, do I want extra liability on this? Okay, gotcha. Although, gotcha, yeah. I mean, just total sidebar. If there ever is a game where you need to get more down, like you're maxed out with your with the man, and you absolutely think it's such a huge edge, it's not a bad way to go. Yeah. Like, even maybe, if you're maybe, teasing across zero? Even, <laughs> he, yeah, he, well, I don't know if I'd go nuts. The, I'm like, making a specific yeah, joke. Yeah, no, I know you're making joke. a very specific joke to a very specific uh, service. <laughs> but, anyway. yeah, but to, yeah, to that point, like it's it's not a bad it's not a bad idea to get a little extra liability that way if that's how you need to do it. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I was just curious about that because I do feel like the general. I know. I, I looked at it too. I, I saw it mid season. I saw it mid season. I'm like, I have not played very many of these at all. Like. And I, just, you picked just, a good year to take him off from one of there, there were some bad weeks of it. it. There were some pretty bad weeks. So no, I, I didn't feel bad about it. And I still, I still had a nice year. I can check right now. Yep. Football one. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my ROI was lower than the year before. So yeah, you had a hot year last good. year. Not good. I yeah. Thought. Last year, last year I got a little lucky at the end. Well, yeah, me too. Yeah, same, same here. Like we, uh, there was some hot weeks at the tail end that I can't a hundred percent explain. Um, but yeah, might, might've been luck. Um, okay. Let's save a couple of these other topics for another evergreen pod. We were going to talk a little bit about, uh, kind of staking. evaluating staking what's I lucky, that- lucky, you know, versus true loss, like that sort of thing, I guess just in the same context of learning to lose, I think it's important to learn, to evaluate your, you know, your actual results through a prism that's not your, you know, that's, that's not colored by your outcome bias. Yeah. Oh, lear- learning to win too. You know, we, we said learning to lose, learning to win. Like we touched real briefly on that at the same time when we were just telling stories about how we, you know, screwed up early on in our careers. Like if you have a hot streak, just know that variance is coming for you don't start tripling your unit size. Like that's, I mean, what else is there to learning to win besides that? That's, that's a lot of it for me. Yeah. If you're winning at a 90% clip, uh, I have bad news for you. That's over representative of what your true edge is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't just take that. Don't just take your, uh, your winnings and, you know, start doubling down on the edges you think you have. No, granted the most likely thing if you're nine and one is that you're going to go 50, 50 the rest of the way. Yeah, pretty much. Not that you're going to go one and nine next week, right? 40, like you 60. can't think that way. You can't think that way. No, yeah, don't don't puss out. <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, I think I think everything we said, it all comes down to one basic core tenet: just keep your head on your body. Or, or that, I think there's a. <laughs> you said it a, in the preview. Know thyself. That was no, uh, no thyself. That's it. Yeah, just yeah. just keep your head on straight. Just be a level-headed pragmatic dude just anytime you think you're going to make a decision when you're in a weird place like that just take a step back and be like man would i do this on a normal week or am i doing this because i'm up a bunch 
Like I'm, I still do this where I have some good weeks and like I'll be scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, God, that is a pretty good future on the, the auto race. I think that's actually like I good. I honestly, that when I was younger, um, that helped me kind of get, keep from unnecessarily increasing my staking. What making silly bets on like NASCAR? Cause that's no, what I, lot, when no. I win, I'll be like, Ooh, I see oh, some no, people are, yeah, no, I think no, people are betting, people are betting like NASCAR. I should get in on that. Ooh. And, and like, and then I, you know, I, somebody DMs me. I'm like, yeah, I'll bet horses with you. That sounds fun. <laughs> I'm having a good week. Whereas like, like I'm was, flush with cash. Yeah. yeah if I was this is dumb, all fun money, this is all I, funny money. And maybe I still would make that horse bet, but maybe I wouldn't make it as big as I did. So yeah, there's some, there's some something to be said about learning to win and no, I think, uh, no, just like, like uh, yeah, no, I think if you're, if you're, you know, if you put 500 or a thousand dollars or whatever in some account and you're betting with that and you're betting a hundred dollars a stake and you know, you go on a, you know, t- you know, plus 10 units is not crazy over the course of a month. I mean, Andy, you're like what plus 10 units and over the course of four days. <laughs> no, I need. I kind of I need Niagara to lose right now. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind having him lose. Well, anyway, the uh, but my, the point stands. Like if you're betting 100, 200 a pop here, and you win 10 units, like yeah, your account is going to look full lush with cash, and lush. it's going to be very tempting to say, well, if my bankroll is 2,000, why why am I betting 100 dollars? Like a win doesn't feel as good. Like it doesn't look as good, uh, you know. Like those those kind of things absolutely trip you up early on. And um, I don't know I, when I kind of as I was beginning to make the leap from you know just a true uh, you know true square player to at, you know, at least a little bit sharper performance. Uh, when I had hot weeks back to back in NFL, I would say, okay, I'm going to take some of these winnings and I'm going to reinvest them in part you know futures market where I see numbers that are you know worth socking away oh, a little that, profit that's where you were going with that you know yeah. i like that i'm saying i'm saying like oh i'm flush like i'm gonna bet some horses and stuff. <laughs> yeah no no I, i'm i'm thinking more like okay well you know i have an edge on the carolina panthers it's week eight they've covered for me week seven week eight like i'm now i'm looking at the futures market and i'm like oh they should be, they shouldn't be you know four to one to win the nfc south like i'm gonna take a little bit of the winnings that i have and i'm gonna lock down some panthers you know four to one to win the south and uh you know the, those those types of thoughts went through my head early on and um actually helped me quite a lot because you know like we kind of preached for the nfl over the course of the season like you know it the playoffs are crazy and that you have fewer and fewer games to bet on the intensity that you feel as a player uh regardless of your experience level is i need to have action on these games whether or not there's an edge it's the most uh pr- presumably at least there's the most information about this quality of the teams and what the lines ought to be so presumably you're looking at the most efficient lines of the whole season and you feel like you're forced to t- have action on them like great way to kind of avoid all of that shit show is just to time your market entry on teams that you think will be in the playoffs and get good numbers on them and have a future portfolio and just enjoy the playoffs. <laughs> so, yep. You're, Man, I just, I, just, I just want you to have a, no, I, I just want you guys to have a good time. Yeah, of course. Like, you, you know what, you know what sucks? Like being bad at the NFL and like losing a little bit every week and being down at the end of the year, that's no fun. But no. I would say being decent at the NFL, making a little bit of money 
and then pissing it all away on the NBA one weekend, that feels a hundred times worse, like a million times, because it, it feels like you, you ground that out. You, you, you worked for it. You worked for it for months. Like I yeah. said, the house of cards, you spend all day working on house of cards and then the bucks Raptors play and you knock it down. Yeah. I think uh, here's, no here's my, here's, here's my, uh, here is my very best advice for 90 something percent of the audience. If you are not having fun doing this, you need to stop. Just take a break. Walk away. Regroup. Just stop if you're not having fun. And if you can't remember the last time this was fun, you need to stop forever probably. <laughs> if it's been so long since you remembered that this was a fun endeavor, like this is you you need to absolutely uh, take this out of your life. That's Yeah, maybe that's- just do DFS. <laughs> that's where the, that's where miserable people go. I'm just kidding. I love a lot of DFS people. <laughs> no, no, play just play season long fantasy. Like that's you know, do yeah, small exactly. stuff and get 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 involved in pools. Like if you want a little bit of the itch of having some skin in the game for you know for this stuff, but you can't you know trust yourself not to go on tilt when you lose. You know when you go three and six in an NFL week, like you know absolutely get uh, get involved in pool, you know some do some pools you know march madness bracket college bowl pool stuff like that uh, you have a little bit of skin in the game and it's not going to um you know it's not going to really ruin your life so <laughs> yeah i'm looking at my my picture here because i have uh my green screen's missing and it has like the picture superimposed on my shirt yep shit's, some popcorn and some uh, some weird over here. i know yep. i still have my super bowl <laughs> background on but oh, i think this was good um yeah if any if anything else maybe this will spur some questions uh, yeah of course we've had a lot a lot of good questions from some of the evergreen pods i think people are hopefully can take something away from this just with our horror stories like you don't want a horror story you want to be the guy that's be like you know what and let's be i, let's, I learned i learned from some people and i don't have any horror stories dude, let's I, be I smart from the beginning no, let's requalify this. Even these aren't even horror stories. These are like learning experiences because we we are we are we are the product of survivors. survivors. We are survivors, and a lot of that is because we are relatively conservative in our staking, and it kept us in the game early on. It didn't put us in a place where we had to completely walk away or we had to you know completely give up you know the playing side of this. And uh, you know that 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 uh, is definitely part of the equation. So. With that said, no, and that's it's fun. Like it's an enjoyable hobby for me. I don't ever want to be a professional. I, I wouldn't mind making a little more than I make on this right now. But yeah, that to me, this is so enjoyable. The handicapping process, the community, doing these podcasts, I like it. I don't ever want it to turn into something that's super stressful because I just pissed away like three months of mortgage and <laughs> for for a stupid reason. If I yeah. piss away three months of mortgage, I want it to be a bad variant streak. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, well, my are... wife pays the mortgage anyway it comes out okay. of her check oh there you go so it's all funny money yeah okay that's actually the, the last piece of advice we'll leave you with mary rich um all right guys uh enjoy the enjoy this pod uh you know i don't know how informative this was it was fun for us to kind of recount these stories for sure um uh, but uh you know any by all means if you are kind of going through any of these yourself you know hopefully this uh you know shed a little bit of light on you that you're not the only person doing you know going through this stuff and you know by all means uh, reach out if you have questions or uh, or additional thoughts or and share this with people in your life who you think need to uh to hear this if you have you know friends who are squares who you know 
are just bleeding and uh, you feel like they could uh, benefit from some of this uh, advice and some of the storytelling. So with that, best of luck. And uh, we'll be back with a fun interview uh, in a couple of days. Yeah. I'm going to go play a little craps. I think on that. <laughs> <laughs> just for, for old times sake, I've earned it. I'm going to text your wife to get the banana bread going, man. Oh she's uh, she's going to need the banana I, bread. I tonight. have one in the freezer. I might just take it out when I get home. Be ready for tomorrow. So perfect. All right. Thanks a lot guys for listening. And like a couple people, we don't do this enough. We're terrible at marketing. We're terrible at promoting ourselves. But like, if you do take anything away from this, feel free to do like a, a review on iTunes or retweet it or something like that. That's helpful. So that's as far as I'll ever market. Although I did yeah. today with my tweet, the five stars, it, it's good luck to do five star reviews. Yeah, that's right. It, Karma it, reviews. Apparently, apparently it, it worked. Everyone that, uh, everyone that followed your plays, uh, you know, was rewarded for, for giving us five star reviews. So let that we've be. Got a, we've us. got a close one in Fairfield. Oh, really? Niagara is uh, poop in their pants here. Okay. Oh, well, quite purple poop. <laughs> So, okay. All right. And yeah, uh, we're going to, we're, we're recording this. If anybody's <laughs> listening to that part of it, we recorded this Friday, Friday because yeah. we, we had to get this one out a little early. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, up in, uh, up in the Rockies doing a little skiing next, uh, early next week. So didn't, uh, didn't want to put it, didn't want to disrupt the, uh, uh, the schedule here. Um, so with that, best of luck. Enjoy the week and, uh, we'll talk to you Wednesday. Yep. Thanks for listening. See ya.